Hi, I'm Mark Tross. This is Greatest of All New Covenant Messages, Part 5, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. What drives your life? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, that is, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or what is trusted in. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Have you checked your lamps lately? The Word of God tells us that the eye is the lamp of the body. Seeing is believing. No, believing by faith is receiving. But what you take in through the portholes of your eyes, or any other opening that will allow things, natural or spiritual, to enter into your body, affects your conscience. Your ears may do the hearing, but are you listening to what or who are you listening to? The question of the day is, is your eye sound? Your answer might be, no, it's sight. If you see clearly, not only with your natural eyes, but your spiritual ones, even your mind's eye, with discernment, using wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, then your entire body will be full of light. But if you are spiritually blind to the things of God, and viewing this world as he sees it according to his word, will, and way, then you will be in darkness. We are called to be children of light. God is light beyond light. Jesus is the light of the world, and the Holy Spirit burns brightly within our souls, making us the light of the world as well. So let that light shine and chase away the darkness. The body is an interesting subject, not only from the human point of view, but the spiritual reality of being God's creation the temple of the Holy Spirit, the church, the bride of Christ, and the very representation of the body of Jesus here on earth. In the natural, we have to eat, drink, and clothe ourselves, but life in general, in quality, is greater than food in the body, far above and more excellent than clothing. Knowing that God will provide our every need, because He is our loving Heavenly Father, that He will take care of us, we still get perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worry. God's word tells us to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Whatever you desire that others would do to you and for you, even so do you also to or for them. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is being like Jesus, because he fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. Unfortunately, we, even as confessing Christians, are more concerned about what is coming in than what we are giving out in Jesus' name. Give, and it shall be given unto you, in full measure, pressing down, over and above, abundantly beyond whatever you could ask, hope, or think. Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of it is. And if you are striving to reach the top of that corporate ladder, rather than climbing Jacob's ladder, to obtain greater wealth and riches in this lifetime than you are poor of spirit indeed. Building bigger barns to store your possessions here on earth makes you a fool in the eyes of God, and your soul will be required of you. What and or who are you putting your trust in, your faith in? Your job, working six or seven days a week, your position in society, titles and civilizations will all tumble and fall, your mind, all the wisdom of this world is foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. Your physical health? Sooner or later, this flesh will fall apart and fade away. Your spouse, lover or friend? Nobody loves you like God. Your finances? 
store up your treasures in heaven and where moth and rust do not exist, mean absolutely nothing in light of eternity. I fed my body and I fed my mind, but I did not feed my soul. Quote from Tony Leffler. God is spirit. His word is spirit and life, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So who are you serving as Lord and Master? You are either for him or against him. There is no neutral ground. And if you are not standing on the rock, then you are building your house, your future, your eternal destiny in the sand. If you love God, then you will obey his commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself and each other as Jesus loves you. A choice has to be made and God gave us all a free will to choose life in Jesus' name or death. You're going to have to serve somebody, quote by Bob Dylan. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you cannot serve both because you will be devoted to one, despise and be against the other. Whatever it is you're searching for, striving to obtain, serving, loving, standing by, devoted to, possessing, trusting in, seeking after, putting your faith in, relying on or holding on to, if it is not God and the things of God, then let it go. Only in God will your eternal soul find rest and satisfaction. If anyone has Mick Jagger's email address, please forward this to him. Something we have in this life that is worth anything at all is a gift from God. Even we ourselves are bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. What we have in our hearts, the love of God, only really and truly lives when we give it away. Give in love and charity, not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. The body doesn't need to know every move that's being made by every part, but each member should be fulfilling its function. And your Heavenly Father, who is in secret, sees your deeds done in secret, will reward you openly. Deny Jesus before men, and he will deny you before the Father. But even when you pray, ask, in a quiet place, a private room, closing the door of the world behind you and going boldly through the door of heaven, Jesus is the door and the gate, before his throne of grace and mercy, he will answer and reward you in the open. God wants, he desires, to reveal himself to the world, and he will use us as we serve, love, devote ourselves to him, and pour our life out as a living sacrifice by giving the good news, gospel, to all nations and peoples in Jesus' holy and precious name. What drives your life? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who, by, in consequence of, the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Through your faith, Christ Jesus actually dwells, settles down, abides, makes his permanent home in your hearts. If you are rooted deep in the word of God, then you are in love and founded securely on love so that you may have the power, be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, 
the experience of that love, what is the breadth, length, height, and depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ Jesus, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that is, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Please read and reread that again and again until it becomes your prayer, as it is mine, for each and every believer to come into this knowledge and experience to grow into the full stature of Jesus from image to image, grace to grace, and glory to glory, that God wants us all to be as his body, his temple, his church, his ambassadors for Christ here on earth. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, God is more than willing and able to fulfill his plans and purposes for your life in Jesus. All we need do is humbly submit to his word, will, and way and be responsive, obedient to the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us into all truth and understanding. Listen to the voice of the Spirit and heed his call. He will tell you when to go to the right or to the left and keep you on the straight and narrow way. This word for today does not say tomorrow, but now. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Our Heavenly Father is a God of action, and his Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts and minds to bring us to the places where we can work the works of Christ Jesus prepared for us to do before the foundations of the world were laid. He is able to to carry out his purposes and do superabundantly above and beyond all that we could ever ask or think. Now, I know we have some serious thinkers here, but have you had the nerve to go boldly before God's throne of grace and mercy to dare ask of him? Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Faith is the most interesting concept. Believing in something you have not yet seen but knowing that in the Spirit you have already obtained it, because whatever we ask in Jesus' name, we shall receive. The Word of God tells us today that we will get exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask, think, pray for, desire, hope for, hope will not disappoint us, and dream of. If we have the mind of Christ, and the Bible says we do, then we should be thinking of and on the things of God praying for and asking of him to give us the desires of our hearts because we are delighting ourselves in him. Our hearts and minds are to be one in Christ Jesus. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. When Jesus ascended unto heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father, they poured out the Holy Spirit upon all flesh so that we could see visions and dream dreams. Without vision, God's vision, we perish. But it is he who gives us the dreams and we find their fulfillment in him. Why does God do these things? To bring glory, praise, and honor to his holy and precious name. He even shares his glory with us, in us as the church, his beloved bride of Christ Jesus throughout all generations. We are responsible to reach the ends of the world with his love and good news, to touch the hearts and change the minds of this generation in which we live. 
He has given us all the ministry of reconciliation and commanded us to go to all nations and peoples so that they will come to know salvation in and through his son, Jesus. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul the Apostle appears to us and, yes, even begs us to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which we have been called, with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service, living as becomes us with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because we love one another. By this, the world shall come to know that we are Christians, by our love for God, our neighbor as ourselves and each other, forever and ever, in Jesus' name. What drives your life? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm sure most of you have heard it said that when you see the word, therefore, you should look to see what it's there for. If I had to pick my all-time favorite book of the Bible, it would most definitely be Ephesians because it shines out like a diamond in the night sky, glistening with all the light of life, causing us to awake from our sleep, arise from the dead, and see Christ shining, making a new dawn upon us. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2, with Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19. Without being vague at all, most precise in every spiritual detail imaginable for the human spirit to comprehend, the word of the Lord lays out the truths of God so that our thoughts will be his thoughts, and instead of playing the fool in this present world we live in, we walk in the wisdom of God with the mind of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord leads and guides us into all understanding and allows us to firmly grasp, to lay hold of Him who has laid hold of us and know His perfect and acceptable will for our life in Jesus. Each of us, without exception, is called of God to love Him, our neighbor as being in a sense our very own self and one another as Christ has loved and does love us. Respect and reverence, adoration, in the sense not applied to deity, for all mankind, noticing, regarding, honoring, preferring, venerating, esteeming, deferring, praising, loving and admiring them exceedingly should be shown especially to the children of God because we are his sons and daughters, his representatives. He is our heavenly father in the Lord Jesus and this is just and right. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works unto him, according to his word, will, and way. Walk carefully then, live purposefully, worthily, accurately as wise, sensible, intelligent people, men, women, and children of the Most High God, his chosen people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity. Do not associate with wine-bibbers, be not among them, nor among gluttonous eaters of meat. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 22, Luke chapter 21, verse 34, Romans chapter 13, verse 13, and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, 
and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 20 and 21. Hear, O Israel, listen to the voice of the Lord, because we are to be wise and direct our mind in the way of the Lord. Hearken to your heavenly Father who has begotten you in Christ Jesus. We are not to get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 20. Jesus says, My word is spirit and life. His holy and precious word is his love letter to you as his beloved bride. This present world we live in will pass away, but God's word is eternal and it shall never pass away. Feed on it, be filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost and receive the abundant life in Christ that he promised you. Want to know what God's will is? Then get into the book and allow the word of God, Jesus is the living word of God, to get into you so that his Holy Spirit will get a grasp on your life Go before you in all things, keep you in his perfect and acceptable will for your life, and surely his goodness, mercy, and loving kindness shall follow you all the days of your life in Christ Jesus. This is God's will. In accordance with his good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he had previously purposed and set forth in him, he planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ, both things in heaven and things on the earth. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Grace, God's unmerited favor, be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying and incorruptible love. Amen. So be it. Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 24. Happy Passover. Purge, clean out the old leaven that you may be fresh, new dough, still uncontaminated as you are, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Passover was first instituted in Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 to 49. A special Passover for those who were unclean or on a journey. Numbers chapter 9, verses 6 to 12. Strangers were authorized to celebrate it. Exodus chapter 12, verses 48 and 49. The feast was observed at a place designated by God. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 5 to 7. With unleavened bread. Exodus chapter 12, verses 8 and 15 to 20. And there was a penalty for neglecting to observe it. Numbers chapter 9, verse 13. There was a renewed observation of Passover by the Israelites upon entering Canaan. Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. After returning from captivity, Ezra chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And most importantly, Passover was observed by Jesus, Yeshua, Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 to 20, Luke chapter 22, verse 15, and John chapter 2, verse 13, and chapter 23, verse 13. Jesus, Yeshua, was in the temple at the time of Passover, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 50. He was crucified at the time of Passover, Matthew chapter 26, verse 22, 
Mark chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, John chapter 18, verses 28. In the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, communion, the Passover meal was ordained by Jesus, Christ, Messiah, the Anointed One Himself. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 28, Mark chapter 14, verses 12 to 25, and Luke chapter 22, verses 7 to 20. The Romans released a prisoner at Passover. Matthew chapter 27, verse 15, Mark chapter 15, verse 6, Luke chapter 23, verses 16 and 17, John chapter 18, verse 39, and the apostle Simon Peter was imprisoned at the time of the feast in Acts chapter 12, verse 3. I was first introduced to Maundy Thursday nearly 14 years ago at a Methodist church in West Patterson, New Jersey, with Pastor Lee performed a foot washing ceremony on his congregation in remembrance of Jesus cleansing his disciples' feet on the night of Passover. This sacrament has been carried out for thousands of years, and in England, alms were given out to the poor on this day. It was some 20 years ago that I attended my first Seder at Maranatha, the Church of the Nazarene in New Milford, New Jersey, that was conducted by Danny London and Gary Selman, who later went on to start Beth Israel Messianic Center, which is now located in Garfield, New Jersey. The Apostle Paul explains to us that just a little leaven, which represents sin, will ferment the whole lump of dough. So we are to purge, cleanse ourselves of all sin and unrighteousness, but no matter how much we clean the outside, we are sinful in nature within, so what can we do? What must we do to be saved? Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with leaven of vice and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of purity, nobility, honor, and sincerity, and unadulterated truth. Exodus chapter 12, verse 19. Exodus chapter 13, verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Just because we live in this world of immoral people, greedy graspers, cheats, thieves, or idolaters, does not mean that we need to be of it. We are not to be playing the great escape from this world, this present darkness, or looking to get out of human society altogether. But as believers, we are called of God to be a light of life and hope to all nations and peoples while living a holy, sanctified, set-aside life to Him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He who was born of a virgin, pure, in Bethlehem, the house of bread, is the bread of life which came down from God out of heaven. When breaking the Passover bread, Jesus said, This is my body, broken for you. And earlier he had spoken to his disciples and told them if they did not eat his flesh and drink his blood, that they would not have life. He was speaking of life eternal. He took the cup of wine and said to them, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. The word of God tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus was about to offer up his life in our stead so that we could have everlasting life by faith in his holy and precious name. From Genesis to Revelation, the plan of God is unfolded and revealed in his one and only begotten Son, Jesus. He swallowed up sin and death, cleansed us from all sin and unrighteousness. Messiah has become our covering 
Our reproach has been removed. The veil of the temple has been torn in two. And we can now go boldly into the Holy of Holies before God's throne of grace and mercy to make our petitions. Jesus is our Passover lamb, our salvation, the resurrection. And in him, the old things are passed away, passed over, and all things become new. A lifetime here on earth would not permit us the time to go into all that the Passover means to us as believers and the world at large, because we see through a glass darkly. But what we can know is the light of the world within us that will shine ever brighter until the full light of day. Remember the woman who wept at Jesus' feet and poured the perfume over his head? He said that she was preparing him for his burial. We are all called of God to live a crucified life in Christ Jesus. With this bread, our lives are to be broken, and with this cup, our lives are to be given. This woman, who had been forgiven much, wept at the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Jesus knelt down as a servant, washed the disciples' feet, and dried them with a towel. Before any animal was sacrificed unto God, either at the tabernacle in the desert or the temple in Jerusalem, their legs and feet were washed. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, the gospel. When the alabaster jar was broken to anoint Jesus, the perfume filled the room, and as our life is broken before the Lord, we bring the essence of Christ, Messiah, the Anointed One, wherever we go. When the Roman soldier pierced Jesus' side upon the cross at Calvary, his precious cleansing blood and water flow through all the land, and our life is to be poured out as a living sacrifice unto God and our fellow man to bring healing to the nations and streams of living waters to a dry and weary land. We are all traveling on this journey that someday will find an end. The Good Shepherd is with us and forever watching over us in all of our comings and our goings. We are the temple of the living God. As believers, His Holy Spirit lives, moves, and has His being in us. Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. Perhaps He comes to His temple during the Passover feast and finds us to be whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside but full of dead men's bones within. Have we become a den of robbers and thieves? Will He be turning over some tables in your life? Allow him to have his perfect and acceptable will be done in and through your life in him. Let him complete the work that he has begun in you. Fill yourself up with the word of God and pray without ceasing. Come to know and understand his plans and purposes for your life in Christ Jesus. Barabbas was set free at Passover by Pilate and Jesus died in his place. His name means son of the father and although he was a sinner, Jesus, the Son of our Heavenly Father, died on the cross to pay the penalty for all sinners in the world. Peter, a disciple of Christ, was imprisoned during the Passover feast and miraculously set free. We are all called of God to be disciples of Christ Jesus, prisoners of hope. Hope will not disappoint us. And Messiah came to set the captives free. The truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life shall set you free, but he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let us all keep the Passover. Keep all of these things in our heart. Treasure them. Guard them above all things. Christ, Messiah, the Anointed One, our Passover Lamb, has been slain, sacrificed, 
but he rose again, was resurrected from the grave on the third day, ascended unto heaven, and is now seated at the right hand of God, our Heavenly Father. So we should go into all the world with the love of God and the good news of deliverance for all who would believe by faith, pouring out our life unto him as a living sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen. Next time we'll be talking about You Are Not an Accident out of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8.